This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. everyone, welcome back to Pop Culture Confidential and the absolute height of award season. A very different pandemic award season, but nonetheless. We'll have predictions and reporting next week as we head into the last days before Oscar on the 25th. But I thought we'd kick off with something a bit special this year. Today we're going to dive into the red carpet industrial complex a part of the entertainment industry I've been curious to learn more about. The multi-billion dollar world of fashion, celebrity styling, red carpets, and more. And with us, we have one of the field's experts, Mr. Joe Katz. Joe Katz is a personal stylist and fashion expert. For the past several decades, he's been a fashion contributor and expert for outlets like Good Morning America, The Wall Street Journal, OK, and In Touch magazines. He's the host of the Cat's Walk podcast, and of course, he's reported on Oscar red carpets for the Associated Press, CBS, CNN, to name a few. Here's a taste. It was an amazing night of Oscar fashion. I brought two of the best here to break it all down with me. Joe Katz is a stylist. Josie is a creative director of Elle magazine, so you two know what you're talking about. Yeah. I thought Jennifer Lawrence looked so In that red. beautiful. It was just so stunning with that little peplum. Mr. Joe Katz is stylist at the Montage Hotel Beverly Hills. John Legend looked amazing. Oh, he looked great. That was Gucci. He wore it so elegantly, and I just I thought he owned it. Charlize Theron, she looked stellar and red, and then she always usually wears Harry Winston, so she did this gorgeous necklace. She was wearing about $3.7 million. Joe Katz is also a personal stylist. He was the in-house stylist at the Montage Beverly Hills Hotel, and he's worked with PR execs from Louis Vuitton to Prada to Ralph Lauren and many more. In our conversation, we talk about why and how the red carpet is so important to designers and brands in terms of dollars and exposure the relationships between a stylist and a celebrity, and some of the historic moments on the carpet, like who can forget Bjork's swan dress and J-Lo's green Versace. Joe also talks about how it's not always easy to be a young boy interested in fashion and the bullying he experienced as a kid. And of course, in this difficult pandemic year, we need some glamour and glitz. Joe tells us what we can expect the stars to be wearing next week at the Oscars. Joe Katz, thank you so much for joining me. I'm very excited to have you here with me. Thank you so much for, uh, I'm so excited to be here. I've heard so much about you and your shows. So um, you've got amazing guests. So I'm so excited to be part of the list. It's it's a difficult year for everyone, of course. And in, in, in your industry, there hasn't been much of galas to talk about or red carpets. But there was one fashion moment that, oddly enough, just struck out for me. And that's the inauguration of Joe Biden. I mean, when Michelle oh. Obama walked down those stairs and Kamala Harris and Bernie Sanders mittens and yes. as a professional, what were your thoughts on that day? Oh, wow. That's a, that's actually good. I'm glad you brought that up because it was, you know, it was everybody watched it. I mean, everybody watched it. Michelle Obama looked amazing. I mean, I, I just love that she embraces newer designers. She doesn't always go with the typical, you know, big names always. And, and that's one thing that I always do in fashion is that you find 
something that really works for you, not just because it's a name, it's not a big name or a big brand or whatever. And I thought she did, it was just beautiful. I thought what she wore was beautiful. I thought Kamala looked great, very elegant. She's got a nice kind of conservative, you know, Michelle kind of stepped out a little bit, you know. Well, and, she can uh, rock it now in that pantsuit. Now she's exactly. Not- she just, yeah, she really wore it. And I loved that poet. She did it. I love that she had that beautiful yellow jacket. Amanda Gorman. Oh, Amanda, yeah. Yeah, in the headband. And that was Prada, you know, that she was wearing. And now she's become like this fashion icon, Amanda. It's amazing. So, um, but I just thought it was great. You know, there was just, there's a big mix. And then Lady Gaga, she looked great. J-Lo, really, that was an amazing Chanel all white uh, look, just elegant. Lady Gaga's was so much more well, she you know, can make an entrance. <laughs> yeah, she can make an entrance with the bird, you know, that she had on. And she's just awesome. You know, she takes chances and, and she can and she wears fun things. And But J-Lo's was very subtle, but elegant, all in white with the hair pulled back. It was just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. In, in terms of D.C. versus Hollywood, do they have stylists? I mean, does President Biden have a stylist? Oh, yeah. Michelle Obama has a stylist. She still has the same stylist. They all usually have somebody that that watches over them. I mean, I feel like the women typically get, you know, it's more accepted to say this is so-and-so's stylist. You know, this is Michelle Obama's stylist because everybody wants to see what she's wearing. And um, now I just read yesterday, uh, Jill Biden, she was wearing these nylons that were more like patterned and people there was controversy like oh is she trying to be a is she yeah is she trying to be a little edgy is she trying to be a little like you know funky and i know i thought that's really cool i feel like in a way they don't have a lot to say about them so it's like they'll grab anything you know but i you know she's 72 i believe or somewhere in there and you know she wore these kind of um pattern nylons you know uh with little booties which i think were adorable and she had great legs and she looked great you know but people wanted to i think they're always trying to find something you know so so you're an iowa boy right that yeah, yeah. i am that's where i grew up yep i grew up in iowa when did you know that you were interested in this business in fashion you know, I never really knew. I have to say, it's so funny that you bring this up in Iowa because I was just thinking this morning as I was doing my little meditation, I do a meditation in the morning and I was thinking, oh my God, I remember what I did to my dad. I had him drive me to Minneapolis, Minnesota because there was this like amazing fashion outlet and he did it. I was like, I'm like, that is so nice of my dad that he drove me all the way, which was like an eight hour drive because he knew I loved this place where you could get designer things at a better price. And I just remember he would take me and, and then I also decided I always wanted to have Every time I bought jeans as a kid, like when I was 12, 13, 14, 15, I was always like, everything was wide. And the way I am fit, I like things more slim. I like a slim cut jean. I like a slim cut. Well, back when I was growing up, they didn't have slim cut. It makes me feel like I'm 100 years old now. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't have slim cut. And I told my dad, I said, I want to create slim cut jeans because I would make my mom take me to a tailor where she would tailor the jeans so that they were tapered. And they were, and I remember my mom's tailor, you know, this is in Iowa. They're like 
uh, we weren't on a farm. I mean, we were in a town of maybe 70,000 people, but they're still like, here comes that boy that wants the tapered jeans. It's like, who the hell is he? You know, but I, I love that. And then I told my dad I wanted to start a jean line and he actually went and bought denim fabric for me, but I don't know whatever happened. I don't think we ended up making it, but uh, I've always had this kind of interest and in, I probably is a bit of an influence from my mom, who's a massive fashionista, even at the, at her age and her late eighties. Now she looks amazing. And um, so I think that inspiration from her and seeing how she puts stuff together and my sister is a super fashionista and so I think that uh, all of those influences kind of uh, drove me yeah and the tricky part for me is um, there was a lot you know growing up in Iowa wanting to wear cool clothes as a boy is not as cool as a girl wearing, wanting to wear very cool, trendy clothes. You know, back when I was growing up, everybody, if you got a pair of Calvin Klein jeans, that was like, wow, that like, that's amazing. And I finally scored a pair of Calvin Klein jeans and everybody's like, but you're a boy, you know, like that's not, so I got a lot of teasing and a lot of bullying and that type of stuff. So, and I realized even doing my show and talking to people like that, you know, I wasn't the only one, but it was difficult. And it is difficult, you know, when you don't do the typical things that boys are supposed to do, which is play football, play soccer, wrestle, you know, all the things that, uh, that you're supposed to do. But I have to say, I'm grateful that, you know, my parents were really cool about just being who I am, you know, and weren't ostracizing me. Yeah. So that's how I grew up more, it was more, you know, blue collar, you know, working class, you know, people in Iowa. For someone who who really just has a vague idea, what is a stylist? There's a couple different things that a stylist can do. One is people know them as like, you know, superstars, you know, stylists to the stars that style J-Lo, that style, you know, um, Ariana Grande, all these things. And there are people that that's what they do. They travel with these celebrities if they're performers and they are styling them on the road. They're styling them uh, for their life because if somebody like a J-Lo or Ariana Grande goes out, she's getting photographed by the paparazzi. So what she wears is very important. What she has on, people are talking about. She can set a trend. So before stylists, it was like these celebrities just kind of were on their own, you know, and sometimes it would be a hit and sometimes it would be a miss. And then they got kind of roasted for that. Um, But a stylist really, what they do is they really narrow in on what best fits your body. If you're tall, if you're shorter, if you're stocky, if you're whatever it is. And then they, you know, we know all the different brands. We always try to keep up on all the current brands and current things. So maybe it's not just the typical brands we know, like Versace, Armani, Chanel, Gucci, finding these brands that kind of best fit your client. People go, well, I could just find a dress. Some people just don't have that one, they don't have the time. Two, they don't feel like maybe the confidence of putting it together. And so that's what I do is help them, you know, put that together. And then it's putting the whole look together. What's the bag going to look like? What's the shoes going to look like? What's the jewelry going to look like for the guys? What are your shoes going to look like? What are, you know, the, the shirt or if it's a suit, you know, so everything. And how do you particularly, you and your clients 
choose each other. So it's really, you know, sometimes it's word of mouth. Sometimes it's about people knowing, hearing about you, seeing you. You know, I've contributed over the years to like Good Morning America, CNN, Wall Street Journal, been on the red carpet for the Oscars. You know, so sometimes people will actually um, will see you. And um, but a lot of times it's going to be referral and it's going to be some way that they connect with you. So a lot of the clients, um, I worked with the Montage Beverly Hills Hotel. Um, I was the only in-house fashion stylist in a five-star five-diamond hotel. I would work with top clients that were spending a, a very large amount at the hotel, and they would contract me to bring them clothes into their room in the privacy of their own room, or I would take them out on Rodeo Drive in our house Rolls Royce. So it was like a pretty woman experience. Wow, that sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody experience loves that. Experience I will never have. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never say never. Never say never. I met a lot of people through that. And so I dressed a lot of very, very influential people, um, really from around the world that were like... Um, you know, princes and princesses and um, executives and, you know, some billionaire families that had their wives wanted something or the husbands wanted something. So it was it was a really big mix of people. Um, and let's say in non-pandemic times, of course, the red carpet, what does that mean uh, money-wise to designers and to the, I mean, how, how, how important is um, is a red carpet I mean, the red carpet is is so important. Getting on the red carpet, there are some brands that will pay to be on the red carpet because it's so important for the brand. Because the think of think of how many times you see that image of that celebrity over and over and over and over. You know, from publications to online to videos to everything. You know, it's so and always. You know, it's the old Joan Rivers thing. Who are you wearing? And you know, mm-hmm. people want to know who that designer is. Even if it's like a Gucci dress or it's a Chanel gorgeous look, people might not be able to afford maybe to go spend $20,000 on that dress or $15,000 on that dress, but they might want to buy a a Chanel product like a a fragrance or a lipstick or something like that. So it's that aspirational. So of course they want you to buy their clothes and they want you to, you know, all of that, but it's very important just... Uh, it it just helps the brand immensely in the way of just blowing it up and getting it out there. And um, so they do a lot of different things. Jewelry brands do incredible things for diamonds, um, you know, spending money to to place diamonds on on celebrities. And so it's a whole industry. It's really a whole industry. And um, like Charlize Theron always wears Harry Winston. I know they're kind of known not to pay to be on the red carpet, but their jewelry is so gorgeous that it's just incredible and it complements the look. And it's, you know, there is, you know, a friend of mine works for a very prestigious high um, French jewelry brand. And he even told me during this pandemic, which really shocked me. He's like, our high jewelry, the pieces, the necklaces, the bracelets, things like that, that they're selling for like a million or two million, they're actually selling now during this pandemic. Wow. And you, you think about it and you think everybody's like, how could anybody do it? But that Uber high tier is still doing okay. And they're investing in, you know, high jewelry. So for them to be on the red carpet just makes them more relevant, you know? Right. Uh, and so can most people afford the Harry Winston? No, but 
those those upper tier people that can they like to see it on the red carpet how how does it work like for a Charlize Theron or something like that I mean does she have many dresses to choose from during a couple yeah. months before award season and, and and does she choose or does the stylist section know this is the one it's a combination. Yeah. It's really a combination. I think between the stylist and the, um, and the designer, the stylist and the talent. So the talent has to feel incredibly comfortable, but just like when I style clients, I bring them like racks, you know, of things. Cause you never know, like you could say you're a size six, but you're really a size four or this brand runs a size small or this brand runs a size big. So you always have to, I've always learned as a stylist, like you never want to bring somebody like a size four and then be like, oh, I need to, we needed a six and then you got to go run and get that. So I always try to bring a couple options. So if I'm bringing one look, I always try to bring a couple sizes unless you know your client really well and you're like, I see the cut of this. No, this would work. You know, this would really work for them or it has enough stretch that it'll fit their body really nice, you know, or whatever. It's a constant job, especially if you have a very high profile celebrity that's constantly doing things. I mean, it's a nonstop week to week to week to week job. The things that I do primarily focus on, um, you know, these uber wealthy people that look at the celebrities and want to get emulate those looks and actually have the money to buy it. A lot of times when we see this stuff on the red carpet, these are things that are borrowed or sometimes given to the celebrities, but give a celebrity something will help that brand so much that they're willing to offer that helps their sales because my clients who have the money will go out and buy it. And so well, talk about who some historic moments for you that you've seen on the red carpet, someone that we'll remember. Like for me, I remember Gwyneth Paltrow's pink Oscar dress when she won hers and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah. I always love Charlize Theron. She always looks great. I mean, she just can wear it. I mean, she the beauty part of her is she's so tall and so long that she just creates just a, a, a gorgeous look in her her um, dresses that she wears. And so, and she usually wears Harry Winston. And then um, in the Golden Globes this year, Angela Bassett looked beautiful. Um, I thought she looked really, really beautiful. She had on this like purple with feather and, and then Emma Corrin, she looked really beautiful. She had Miu Miu, which is a division of Prada. And we're seeing a lot of kind of ruffle puff sleeve and more body hugging like um, uh, looks in fashion. And then you're going to see probably coming up for the Oscars, you're going to see some see-through. We're not total see-through like Grammys, but we're going to see some fun um, see-through. And then always for the red carpet, you know, the iconic sparkle and glitter and that really, those are the impactful moments, I think, on the red carpet. And what about years past historically? Do you have any ones that stick out for you? Or I was at the Oscars one, then J-Lo looked amazing. She had on, I just felt like every time we looked at her, we were like, she's getting younger and younger. (laughs) So... Yeah, and who can forget the green, was it right. Versace? I mean, the Versace, that, right. Even I know that's like unforgettable that she was yeah. able to wear last year at some photo shoot. Right, right. They brought it back. They <laughs> she brought has it back. gotten younger and younger. <laughs> yes, she has. And they actually brought that print back. So they brought that print back to do in leggings and tops. And um, yeah, so that same print they brought back and then she walked it again in that same dress. Yeah, recently. So, but that's like an iconic, you know, 
iconic moment that everybody remembered because it was just, it was sexy, but yet it had a, a, a fun vibe to it. It wasn't so stiff and, you know, she can wear those types of things. And what about the guys? The guys can play a little bit with color with their tuxes. Um, Justin Theroux, uh, recently at the Golden Globes, there were pictures of him. He had a little bit more of a fun vibe to him. There were, there's, they can play with, you know, who else does um, John Legend? Uh, I know his stylist. He always, he dresses him great. He will play with um, fabrics. He dressed him at the Grammys in uh, McQueen, which I thought was a really interesting, he'll put him in like front pleated jackets and, you know, just funkier stuff, which I like because John is a musician. So I think you can play a little bit. The truth is, is I, I think you can play even if you're not a musician, if you're an artist in uh, in the business and you want to whatever it is and and take fashion with you and and let it also express yourself of who you are. You know, um, I feel like people get to kind of know you a little bit that way. I know now stylists are so in there so it's kind of their perspective funneled through the actor or mm-hmm. musician or whatever but the actor and musician they have a say and they you can't put somebody in something I know when I put something in that I'll put it on them and they're like I don't feel comfortable in it you know it doesn't if they don't feel comfortable walking down the red carpet you, you it's not for them you know it's just you have to switch it and do something else so I love someone like Harry Styles oh yeah he's fun he does that edgy vibe. He'll do a little bit of a feminine vibe or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, and wear like a ruffle top or, you know, controversial stuff. But it's like, who cares? Yeah, like now everybody's and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, people are doing now. It's like, I don't know. It's just it's not as traditional. It's like it's giving OK to wear things that are a little bit different. I wish that was more back when I was growing up that it would be. Yeah. <laughs> Because you were mentioning how important fashion can be for, for someone's identity and how playful it can be and what an art it is, really. After the period that you were telling me about at the top of the show, was that what fashion came to to be for you personally? I, I, I have to say, personally, for me, I know it was like rough coming kind of up in that going, here's who I am, here's who I want to be. And even I remember going to college and wearing like wild plaid pants and like just crazier stuff. And then I don't know if it was just maybe a time in my life that that kind of changed or then sometimes people would comment a lot. And then I, I, and then I kind of would tone it down because I felt like you know, oh, I'm not fitting in oh, as no, much. Oh yeah. yeah, you started to you start to get a little self conscious about it. It's and now I'm kind of like, eh, who cares? You know, um, I'm trying to go back to that moment, but I, it doesn't. It's not as much. You know, I lived in New York and then I lived here for. I've been here for a number of years, but people don't care as much here in New York, you know, they really celebrate you for being different. What should I be? Because first I was picked on for it and now I'm celebrated for it. It's like, so some people might have my experience. Some people might not, you know, Um, I think because I grew up more in a town where it was more about sports only that nobody cared about that. You know, my mom was kind of the, the the wild fashionista that would show up in the middle of like she was kind of like have you ever watched Shit's Creek? Oh yeah, 
Yeah, that's my mom. Yeah, that's my mom. Oh, I love it. Yeah, so she would show up in the town with like big earrings. Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, it's Catherine O'Hara. She would show up like that and they're all like, what? (laughs) (laughs) The small town was just, yeah, she she was like a a stuck out, like a sore thumb. Yeah. That's wonderful. I mean, we need more people like that. I Um, know. No, but I, but I, I, I mean, I'm one of those people that play it safe. <laughs> I wish I was more adventurous. Love to wear lots of flowers and things sometime, but it's not something I know how to do. Right. Like, I don't know right. how I would style it or, you know, I'd need someone like you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's what people, and that's why people like they're so busy in their career and you need to focus on what you're doing and make sure that your interviews and your journalism is on point. And for you to think about all the other stuff is like, it's too much going on at the same time. That's why I think people turn to stylists because they're like, look, I've got a busy schedule. I've got so much going on. You take care of that. I'll take care of this, you know. Um, How has the pandemic been for stylists and for, you know, the fashion community in general? I think people are still doing it. I mean, obviously, like for the awards, people are doing it via Zoom and all of that type of thing, but they are also doing shoot, you know, they'll do shoots and things like that, always with precautions, you know, Um, so everybody's always wearing their PPE equipment and all that stuff. And I know for films, they're doing, you know, all the checks and everything like that. It's just changed so much the way, you know, for me, it's slowed down quite a bit just because getting things and working with people and, and all of that is, it's just much more challenging, but it's, things are open and, you know, you can do it. You just have to do it with more precaution basically, but it has slowed things down. And are you sick of zoom? (laughs) I've got, you know, to be honest, I've actually gotten so used to it now, you know, yeah. At first I was like, zoom, how do I get on here? And, and how do I, Uh, how do I allow you to take my screen and all this stuff? And now I've become, yeah, much more used to it. And um, yeah. And working with people and working on a couple new projects. And so it's interesting. There's some new things coming up um, that I'm excited about, but it's um, yeah, it's put us in a, in a odd time. Yeah. So we are, it's only a couple weeks until Oscars on April 25th, and that's supposedly going to be an in-person event, very safe and controlled. But what are you expecting in terms of fashion? What do you know? You know, I think I, I'm i looking at those some of those trends. We're seeing, you know, there's always going to be like that pop of red, this statement, and we're also seeing this kind of pop of like not pink but it's a mix of pink and red it's a it's a really statement kind of color I think we're going to see color we always see you know that crystal or embellished dress you know for for the ladies psychedelic prints um but I don't know how much that's going to translate it might translate a little bit to the red carpet but um sometimes you know they want to stand out the celebrities want to stand out with a certain statement uh, piece. Um, and then another thing was that more uh, very voluminous like sleeve, that puff sleeve, almost a Victorian kind of vibe. Yeah, I saw it. the director Emerald Fennell was wearing something like that yesterday. Yeah. The BAFTAs, like a big white yeah. tool thing. Yeah, I know what uh-huh. you're talking about. So that, that vibe I think is going to uh, translate. But I think color is going to be another uh, always always a go-to you know I'm excited to see what people are going to be yeah and this year you have like someone like Frances McDormand who's not someone who 
tends to no. dress up, right? And so you get sort of a different vibe from her. <laughs> I like that what she like does in too. a weird way. Yeah, I mean, you know, no makeup. Like it looks like her hair isn't done as much. Very little. We put ourselves together so much, you know, and then someone like her is like, it, that's just not her thing, you know, or maybe that's her the- statement. Yeah. yeah. For the art, for the craft of the, you know, yeah, it's just not her vibe. It'd be interesting to know why. Maybe it's just not a, uh, it's not a thing for her or that she doesn't want to join in that whole vibe of what fashion is for, for these award shows. So, yeah. Do you think the pandemic and this difficult year will make people want to pop and, and have a good time and, and show a lot of color and, and joy? Or is, will people be a little bit more subdued? Um, do- I think it's going to go more with a pop. I think people want to get out of this. I think people yeah. want to have fun. I think they want to do something that's interesting, have statement. I'm even seeing it just in regular, you know, just photos of celebrities and all different kinds of things that, you know, I don't think they're going to, I think they want to push out good things and good vibes and fun. And, you know, we all kind of live through it. You know, you look at the red carpet and you're like, oh my God, it's that moment, you know, that they had. And it's just fun to see. It's like a costume party, you know? And we so need some th- good vibes now. <laughs> we need some really good vibes. I yeah. know. So I think that I think you are going to see some really fun looks on the carpet. I think you know. And I, maybe you you can't say, but is there anyone you can say that you think never works on the carpet? If something didn't work as well, I always think like, well, maybe this could have been better if they would have done this, or maybe if they didn't wear it, it wasn't just so loose, or it was too tight, or you know, things like that. Um, but I tell you honestly, and I, and more and more and more, everybody's got some kind of stylist that they're working with, that it wasn't that moment, uh, that you catch somebody on the red carpet that you're like, what you're wearing like a, you know, a crazy dress or some crazy thing, you know, um, like Bjork, you know, like everybody remembers that moment. Which is also a wonderful moment. And I mean, I wouldn't buy the swan, but I'll remember it for the rest of the But everybody will remember it. So it's, you know, sometimes I think maybe it isn't so bad. You know, we all go so safe and so gorgeous and so amazing. It's like, maybe we need to bring the swan back. I don't know, you know, like, Oh, I remember there was a fantastic costume designer. I'm sorry, I don't remember her name, who wore a dress made of credit cards. That's also something oh, I remember. You remember really? she had like a Mar- gold dress, all of like American Express credit cards, and she won the Oscar. <laughs> really? <laughs> and those dresses you remember. I'm sorry, I don't yeah. remember her name. But yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, you know, it is sometimes true where why not do something? I mean, you don't want to do it as just a stunt, you know, where it just gets you you know, publicity in a way that's not good. You know, I mean, everybody wants to show their best moment, but it's like, not that you shouldn't be so safe, but also I think it's having fun with something or doing something just different. You know, we, it's like, how, how much can we reinvent a dress? How much can we reinvent a tux and redo it? But there are ways that you can add a signature to it that's yours you know so i mean some stunts are fun stunts i remember when the um south park guys matt park trace stone they came as j-lo and 
in the green Versace oh, and with yeah. it in the pink yeah. <laughs> to the yeah. other yeah. It is, you know, sometimes people do these things that just, yeah, that it just creates a buzz. And, you know, we get inundated from everything from Instagram and Facebook and, you know, digital media and blogs. And, you know, so how do you stand out? How do you separate yourself and away from the clutter and the noise, you know? And so you try to do something different and something interesting and something. And maybe yeah. they were making a, some sort of, you know, a political statement about fashion being too important. On the other hand, the Versace dress and the pink Gwyneth Paltrow dress and those designers got incredible publicity. Yeah, no, it's it, it. And that again, goes back to what we talked about at the beginning about helping the brand recognition and the brands that are, that people know when you say the name, you know, uh, Versace or Valentino or Gucci or whatever, you immediately have a picture in your head who that is, you know? So yeah, when the, that's why the importance of the red carpet and making that name so important and, and, mainstream to the masses is so key to success for these brands thank you for today this was so interesting and thank you for taking your time with me yeah Um, i really appreciate it and good luck during this award season i'm sure you have lots of people to talk to and things you're looking for yeah no that's great i appreciate it and i love your show and i'm excited to be on it and uh yeah so hopefully we'll connect again soon Thank you so much to Joe Katz. You can listen to and subscribe to his podcast, The Cat's Walk, wherever you get your podcasts. Lots of good stuff there, so don't miss it. And thank you for listening to and subscribing to Pop Culture Confidential, a part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. See you next time. We're going to be bringing you lots of Oscar goodies, so stay tuned. Bye. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.